All right, Tim, welcome back. Appetite for Construction podcast. How you doing, buddy? JP, I'm good this morning. How about you? Oh, we're doing wonderful. You know, the same old glitches with our software, our podcast software. So, well, uh, before we get into it, though, I do real quick. Uh, we are, we, we're miss, there's a, a man down today. Uh, he will not be with us because he's got bigger and better things to do in Maui. But, uh, look, we've seen some behind the scenes stuff of what he's doing. Um, and looking forward to that next year, but uh, excited about today's podcast. Yeah, yeah. He texted this morning. Evidently, he didn't know he was going to be in Maui today, so um, we will miss Spencer Brown with the American Plumber Stories. So we are uh, we're talking with the the crew, the cast of season four, episode five of the American Plumber <laughs> Stories series. Influence her. We're joined by Daphne Ziegenfuss. It, it follows her story of becoming, uh, you know, uh, this want to be a, a, a plumber in the industry, a female plumber in a male-dominated industry. We have Ken Midget with Interplay Learning, formerly of uh, LCTI, Lehigh Career and Technical Institute, and Larry Shoemaker of Deluxe Plumbing, owner of Deluxe Plumbing. How you? How's everyone doing? Doing excellent. I'm doing good. Doing great. So, Ken, we had you on a podcast about maybe a year ago, nine months ago, and I didn't realize we were talking to a, a movie star at that time. Oh, my God. <laughs> so here, here we are. <laughs> this, is so. The col- this is the color of my flesh now on my skin. We just saw Coach Carter at PHCC, and now we're talking to Coach Kim. Yeah. So, as I mentioned, uh, the story kind of takes us through Daphne's journey. Uh, she she knew kind of early on that she didn't want to go to college and, and, you know, get a job and sit in an office, and she was very hands-on. Daphne, tell us about that that you know, that decision early on that you wanted to do something more hands-on. And when you kind of looked at the program at LCTI, you knew plumbing was kind of the thing, right? I always knew that I didn't want to go to college. I saw it was like a big waste of money in my eyes. Um, My father was always in construction. So I always knew I wanted to be hands-on. I didn't really have the money or I didn't really want to learn in college. I just didn't have the attention span. So I'd always be hands-on. I always wanted to do something. I was, I'm more, um, I learned better with hands-on skills. So I went to LCTI and I went through a rotation and I went through plumbing and it was very hands-on and I picked that out of the rest of the rotations because it also involved less paperwork. Daphne, how instrumental was Coach Ken as an instructor at LCTI in your development, in your learning aptitude? I mean, how important was he? He was very important. Um, he is probably num- the main reason why I went with plumbing. Uh, he made me feel welcome in the lab. And he didn't treat me differently. He treated me as like a student, as a person that was going to go and do plumbing. It didn't really matter that I was a female. There was definitely like equal opportunities. And he was just very important in that 
whole entire role of me becoming a plumber, me going to LCTI, and me actually following through, like graduating and everything. Daphne, I just wanted to kind of talk about your parents. There's a scene there, and we've talked about this on many American Plumber Stories podcasts, where um, it has to be, there has to be, the parents have to buy in. And when they go, you know, Spencer always talks about this. When they go to cocktail parties, they have to be proud of their kids. And and uh, when they talk to other parents and they're like, you're, you know, my my child is a plumber and they have to have, they say it with pride and, you know, they, that's how, you know, this industry is going to grow and attract more people. And when they cut to your parents, they just were beaming with pride. You could tell, you know, that they were just really, really proud of you. And, um, you had mentioned that you saw the, the premiere yesterday with them what was what was their reaction while you're watching it with them they were very happy and they were really proud that i actually became a plumber i'm still in the industry um my dad is is ecstatic uh he tells everyone that i'm a plumber uh when i'm driving down the highway and i see a work truck or he sees my work truck he creeps along the work truck just to see if I'm in there. Um, he tells everyone that I'm a plumber. He makes sure his coworkers know that I'm a plumber because he's just so happy. Daphne, where are you well, on your timeline to become a journeyman plumber? So right now I am in year three at the PHCC night school, and I am going to be taking my journeyman's in May. Um, there's a little bit of an age restriction. So you have to be like 21. So we're going to really try and fight for me to be able to take the test, depending on when the test date lands. So Larry, when, when Daphne was done with, with classes at LCTI, our, our students, I think you mentioned this on the, on the, on the episode that students are kind of funneled, funneled into, to your work. Um, you see them as like very highly skilled people at this point um tell us how that interaction with Daphne when she came to you and she wanted she wanted to work with you yeah well, she was working with another plumber at the time when I met her um yeah and uh we I, I'm involved with the school and I was in there and I get to know the students in that class and got to know Daphne and when that other company didn't seem to be the, the right fit at the time um, I jumped at the chance to, to talk her into, to coming on with us. Larry, you're in the heart of steel country. Um, has the culture and the economy over the past made it easier or more challenging to find a good workforce? And to, to add on to that, how valuable is LCTI in that equation in finding good workforce? So. Every every plumbing company, I, I talk to a lot of plumbing companies, and everyone I talk to, they're they're struggling to find techs, uh, people to work. We go to the tech schools, we recruit from there. I would say eighty percent of our workforce is from either LCTI or Babbitt's or the two local tech schools. We look for attitude, just like with Daphne. We look for that attitude. We bring them on. 
and we'll we'll train that skill. And that's that's the biggest thing. We we don't have a workforce problem because we just we constantly are bringing people in every year, bringing on those apprentices, taking them through through the process. And we're unique in the United States, as in we get those high school students early. So if they're coming in. We start to get to see them as a junior, get them out on co-op. Hopefully we can get them all year as a senior. And they already did that summer internship from a sophomore to a junior. Uh, they do another one from a junior to a senior. And they're with us so much time. By the time they graduate, they're, they're fairly skilled. Uh, they're, they're getting close to where they need to be to you know be able to do some of those tasks on their own. How do we get more females involved in the plumbing industry? It's a million dollar question. Yeah. We have a lot of friends that we've gotten to know over the years, women. They own their own companies. They're kicking ass. They're doing everything that, you know, the male counterpart does. So, yeah, I mean, this industry is wide open for, you know, for women to get involved in, and be active. And it's, it's, and it's a great career choice. So. If I can add to that, I think, you know, getting to those those students early, um, I know I talk at elementary schools, start them there, get them to know that there, there's options out there when they start hitting that ninth grade. Uh, Daphne, she does uh, Let's Build with Girls. Um, she does a summer camp to get girls, you know, involved in that. And uh, that I think that's that's a start to get them young and get them interested in it. Yeah, we need to, we still have a lot of work to do to uh, attract women to come into the industry. If you're on any website for any plumbing company, it's, it's, it still shows the, the company's male dominated. And when you do see women, they're always in the office environment, right? They're not turning wrenches. They're not wearing a company uniform. They're not getting in and out of the back of a truck. Um, and I think that's the thing that, the, the world needs to see to help change. This is one step right there. And then, of course, culture is really critical, um, super critical. The, the situation's not just in the industry, but outbound. You know, when, when Daphne talks about, I didn't know that, I didn't know that we we're going to, you were going to send a woman to my house and, and type things. And I've heard a lot worse things than what she shared with us, but uh, from women that have, has happened to them when they knocked on the door. Um, embarrassing things. So th- I think there's a lot that has to pivot to change. Um, and I, I, I can't understand why at least the industry itself with the pain that it has about getting people to come into it, why they're not more, they're not more adoptive. Why, why do we, why do we have to go through this rigmarole? Why can't you realize that this is a, a right way to do something? Well, Larry, you had mentioned that uh, Daphne is active in, and some other things, uh, you know, trying to enhance the image of women in the trades. Is that right? That is. Uh, Daphne thing you probably talk about a little bit with the Let's Build Camp for Girls. Say, Daph. Okay. So I volunteer as a plumbing instructor for Let's Build Construction Camp. Um, last year was, well, technically this year was the first year I was the plumbing instructor, but I started it all the way back in ninth grade. I went to this camp and I was in the camp. We were building walls. So we learned how to do like drywall, electrical, a little bit of plumbing, HVAC. 
And then after I graduated high school, since there was an age limit for it, you had to be between like 12 and 18. Once I became over that age level, I actually went and volunteered. So I've been with it since about the second year they've been doing it. So I've been following their program for a while now, and I help the kids and young teenagers learn how to do plumbing. And I even help with the drywall, like basically everything with that wall that we're building. I help them do it. And I speak about the importance of going to a trade school, especially just to try it out for a year. Even if they're not thinking about doing it, they can definitely try it out and see what they're comfortable with. And I know colleges are sometimes better for some people, but a lot of people like to get hands-on, like to do everything. So, Kent, shy as a rabbit. Come on. She's teaching. She's speaking at different <laughs> events. What, what you brought her out of her shell. That was when she was in ninth grade. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so, Kent, tell me a little bit more about um, um, LCTI, uh, the Lehigh Career and Technical Institute, and tell us about your involvement there when you were working. Um, tell us about what you did there. Yeah, um, started out and I applied for the job. I had a passion to teach. Uh, I love, always loved kids, and I applied for the job thinking I'll never get it because I don't have a day at college in my life. And uh, long and behold, Pennsylvania specifically has a program designed to transition you from industry to become an educator. Uh, started first couple of years were rough. And then I just kind of realized that uh, once I started to get some traction with the program, the next best thing was to start to acquire women to come into it. And I had mm-hmm. always seen like women going into the carpentry lab that was across the hall from mine, women going to cabinetry, women going to masonry. And I'm thinking, what, you know, what am I doing wrong here? And then finally it just started to take off and get, get some traction. I got started to get women in the program. And once you get a couple in there, it works pretty good. Um, but it's a four year program. If you start out at ninth grade, you can enter any time. Um, and probably one of the, the biggest things that happened there is, Thank God for Larry, uh, you know, the workforce development side, what we call cooperative education. That was the, that was the flywheel. That is what really made things take off and go into a, a, a thing with uh, a waiting list to get in the program. Um, the better level of student even trying to, you know, it came, became competitive to actually get into the program. And it became another notch above that to actually get out on workforce People, the, the students that I were sending out, they were ready to go to work. They they understood what how to communicate with an employer. They understood how to communicate with a coworker, and just, just as important, a customer. So they had those skills as they went out the door, which I think really helped. Larry speaks about that during the the video. That's kind of it. Just you know, took a program that was struggling and took it you know took it to the top. Yeah, you, you talk about the technical skills you prepare your students. Um, you also mentioned it was mentioned life skills, and I know that's kind of a vague term. But what? Tell me about that. What What are the life skills that you instill? This appetite for construction podcast is brought to you in part by PERC, the Propane Education and Research Council. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially construction pros. It's a single clean energy source that can meet your project's performance, safety, and resilience goals while maintaining efficiency and lowering costs. 
See how propane can help meet your project's needs by visiting propane.com now. Propane, it's the energy for everyone. Yeah, things like, you know, it's I would always uh, talk to them about the differentiation between a job and a career, right? That's mm-hmm. teenagers think that, you know, that I have a job. That's that's all I need to do is have a job. Well, mm-hmm. you're wrong. You need to have a career. You know, you need to invest in yourself, professional development. You need to keep your resume up to date. You need to be polished. You need to understand math. You need to be able to articulate. So all those things that I would work on them with. And in education, we call them soft skills, right? Mm-hmm. Not so much real world skills, but they really are real world skills, right? Um before a student would get to the point where they were going to get involved with workforce development, they, I really did it. I, I really screened them hard to make sure they were going to be able to handle it. Um, and I spent a lot of time one-on-one and some of the other ones that were already out. I, I used to utilize that just like a real world where a journeyman teaches an apprentice at a multi-level lab. The level fours were helping teach the level one, two, threes. And the same thing happened on the co-op side. When those co-op students would come into the classroom, they would talk to the ones that weren't on that program. And of course, when they would be flashing their bling and watches and phones and new trucks because they were making bank, then that changed the whole operation. Mm. And that made it to the point where students that weren't there wanted to get there. There was a desire now. One of the people that was in the episode that unfortunately is not on the podcast today was Paige Knowles. Uh, Ken, she was a previous uh, student of yours at uh, the Technical Institute. I'm curious because she chose a different role. She chose to be an influencer in the industry. What's the role of somebody like Paige in the industry to promote women in plumbing and and, and just the industry as a whole? Well, I think she has um, – a lot of great qualities because she is a woman, right? That's that's first step is that she can speak woman to woman about the career and what it's like to work out there. Um, and, uh, and also she's going after, which I think is admirable. She's going to, she's going after the young, right? The, the, the person who can barely read a book is starting to read. And that's also influencing the parent that's helping that young child to read. So there's some of that happening there too. I think it's a great angle and a great way to look at, you know, recruiting and, and getting everyone, not just women, involved in more in the skill trades. Um, I love her. I've always loved her. She's a great kid. I love all my students, but, you know, she's a great kid. I had all I had her two sisters in my program as well. Um, and I don't discount anything that she's done to not be turning wrenches because she's still helping everybody out there. Right. She's still part of this. She's still, you know, running down the down the hallway with a flag about doing this, right? And I, I, I can't, I think that's a wonderful thing for her to be doing that. She's really put herself in a great position. I'm, I'm curious, Ken, how much do you miss the graduations and the commencements? Oh my gosh. Number one thing people ask me all the time. Great question. I miss my students. I miss being in that classroom. It was such a great part of all the different careers and jobs they've had. Um, nothing, nothing has ever come close to being more fulfilling than what that classroom provided to me personally and professionally. Larry, I just wanted to, uh, talk about your company. Can you tell us about, um, deluxe plumbing? How many, how many trucks, how many employees just get a little background on, on the company? Yep. Uh, we have 42 employees. I think we're running 23 trucks right now. 
um, I mean, I'm the old guy. You know, we, we have a teaching environment. You know, Daphne's running with apprentices, training those next apprentices. And that's, that's every truck has an apprentice in it. And that's how we're growing. And that's how we're finding people. Uh, we do plumbing uh, for service that does residential and commercial. And then we have a uh, construction department for plumbing. We have an HVAC department that does residential installs and residential service is another department. And then we just started about electrical about a year ago. Mm -hmm. So we are, I mean, we're growing. We again, a lot of people out there We're I'm constantly at the schools recruiting, um, trying to get good at it. You know, people with great attitudes, you know, wants that will to work, wants to learn, wants to help. Yeah. That seems to be the consensus is, you know, find the people that I want to work and have the ethic, the work ethic. And then, you know, you can, you could teach the skills, you know, you can. Yeah. With the right mindset, the skills easy, as long as you have the right people. And when we find the wrong person and we'll bring job shadows in and, you know, it's just like Ken's class. You know, there's, we only have so many spots, so it's, it gets a little bit competitive. And, you know, when they come back and, you know, Daphne and the other techs will say, Nope, we didn't nope, send this one back. You know, so <laughs> get somebody else. You had mentioned you have one apprentice per truck, right? And yep, just are about. you, you know, the it's like the age old dilemma is we're trying to find skilled people in the in the trades and young people. And are you finding it difficult to find good people? No, I mean, not if I want to find somebody that is already skilled and have that, yes, that that is next to impossible to find that somebody with a great attitude already skilled. Mm. Um, that's available and and wants to come work with you. Um, that's tough because they they're at good jobs and they don't want to leave those good jobs, right? Um, so we're going out, we're finding that attitude and you know, those young people that we can train and, and bring in. And that's, that's how we've been growing for the last 10 years. I asked this question on, um, when we do our podcast for the American plumber stories, but, um, since Spencer is parasailing in the Pacific ocean right now. So I was just wondering, uh, <laughs> how did that come about? How did the synergy between American plumber stories and Daphne story, deluxe plumbing, Ken, how did that all come together? I got a call from Spencer. Um, I think Paged uh, kind of reached out or okay. there was a connection there somewhere. And he started asking me about Page, and I'm like, well, you know, that's great. But I, I have a tech that actually grad, you know, was in the same yeah. class with Paige that is actually yeah. going for, you know, her journeyman's and going to get her master's and working in the field and, I I think I kind of pushed that a little bit that way. Okay. <laughs> so Daphne, now that the uh the you know the the show is out, it's been premiered and you seem like a pretty pretty normal person. I don't, you know, level-headed, so it's pretty cool though to have a feature on you on, you know, a widely watched show, right? I think it's really amazing and I'm very thankful for like Spencer and American Plumber Stories for being able to tell my story. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, I'm trying to be just like Paige in a sense, like 
I kind of want to be a, a support group for women in the field. Well, JP, I was going to say one of the one of the cool things about being in the position that you and I are in, John, is over the last 10, 12 years, we've gotten to meet a handful of women in the industry that I think are that do a kick-ass job, that are are leaders in the industry. I I think of people like Linda Hudek in Ohio that was, you know, president of the Ohio PHCC, just leaders in the industry that happen to be women that, you know, I see that in Daphne's future uh, from this conversation. So I'm, I'm excited to watch her grow in the next 10 to 15 years. Well, thanks everyone for jumping on and sharing the story. Uh, you guys are doing great work and I'm so glad that Daphne's story was told through the American Plumber Story season four, episode five. So thank you again. Thanks everyone. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. And I, yeah, say thank you. I know Spencer couldn't be here, but he did an awesome job when he comes out and does his stuff. I mean, yep. he really looked, he, he picked apart the story. He found what to take, go after. He's the real deal. That whole crew did an awesome job, yeah. And you guys, real quick, you guys said there was a, a viewing party last night? No, we did it this morning at our company. So we had uh, LCTI people came down. Uh, Ken was here. Uh, and we showed the whole video with our, our company. Um, and a lot of them are Ken's alumni. So, yeah, Ken always has a lot of, gets a lot of attention here when he comes down. So. It's pretty weird when I walk in with a, if I walk in with a stranger, every, like every other person that goes by, Hey coach, how you doing? How you doing coach? And two thirds of them are hugging me, not just a handshake. So yeah. they're like, what, what, where, how do these people know you? Well, that's pretty cool. So the, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing the reception was awesome to that, to that viewing party. So cool. We'll keep up the great work, everyone.